Radio Game Changers, the number one radio podcast in the world, is now a book. Well, you can't throw the rule book out the window until you've read the rule book. Yeah. Because then there's an embarrassing slide out the window to retrieve the rule book. Nine insights from over a hundred hours of conversations with the best radio presenters and programmers in the world. We save our interactions for on the air. If Kevin was in a car accident today, frankly, I'd rather not know about it until he comes in and tells me about it tomorrow morning. Radio Game Changers, the book. It's available now at Amazon. Because I miss comedy. I really miss it. The playfulness. The play. Yeah. And, you know, that's a word that isn't used often in assessing character, but playfulness, I think, is hugely important. You've heard the podcast. Now, read the book. My work is my life. My kids are in it. My partner's in it. This whole work-life balance thing. My whole life is just one big ball. Radio Game Changers. Written by Craig Bruce and Jay Mueller. A Bad Producer production. Hey, this is Craig Bruce and welcome to Game Changers. Uh, last month, Kate Mead and I hosted the Australian Audio Summit. If you came along, um, thank you so much for your support. It was um, an online event featuring conversations with some of the most successful audio content creators in Australia. Uh, we had uh, plenty of room for questions and answers from the, uh, from the audience. And this week, we're bringing you the highlights from each of those sessions. Today's episode featuring Sam Kavanagh. I guess the way I look at it is I've only got a certain amount of energy and if I have to spend a lot of that energy on managing my frustrations and annoyances and just general shittiness with the people I work with, that's less energy I've got to come up with good ideas yep. and have fun and and be generous and um so I'm always trying to get the team dynamic as good as it can be so that I've got more energy and focus and time for coming up with ideas. But I think what's really important, and I think I've this is a new a new realization for me that um there's all good creative teams also have an element of tension about them. And that's often where the good ideas come from, you know, like Great ideas come from people having different opinions and, and coming together to make something new. So um, a really well-functioning creative team doesn't mean we get along all the time. Um, it doesn't mean we never disagree. It doesn't mean we agree about everything. It means we've got this tension, this creative tension, and we really protect it and we look after it and we respect it and we focus it in the right areas. And I know you've been doing team building sessions with um, a lot of podcasters this year. I, I saw some notes from one session where you said, this isn't therapy. The focus of these sessions is how can we do our best work more often, not how can we be best friends and never hurt each other's feelings. <laughs> I think it's a great way to – no, but that goes to the heart of it, doesn't it? Really, it's not and, – yeah. and I think, do you know what? I think, unfortunately, a lot of shows feel like they have to be – there has to be a friendship there. There doesn't have to be a friendship. It just needs to be a partnership based on trust and respect and all of the things that, that, that uh, will allow us to deliver a product. Yeah, I think that comes back to that point around creative tension. It's like the thing that makes this special is that we we see the world differently or we're going to come at this, have a different approach. So this isn't about us always agreeing and never annoying each other. And also, let's not forget, like, we're professionals. Like, this is a job. So it's not about 
being best friends and always saying something, you know, not saying something if it's going to hurt someone's feelings. But it is about being a professional and showing up and doing your job. And agreements between performers is obviously really important. I know this is this is work you've done, and, and I know we've spoken about this. So for those that haven't seen, or uh, early this year, John Doyle from Roy and HG. So for those overseas, Roy and HG, famous radio and TV show, uh, been together for thirty odd years, and John Doyle is the Roy of Roy and HG. Um, talked about the ground rules for their show, and it just came up effortlessly in an um, interview, uh, and he had four ground rules. He said, there's only four things that we did. Uh, the, the rules were we'd be as long-winded as possible, we'd make the serious trivial and the trivial serious, we never disagree with each other on the air, and HG always asks the question. As four rules, 37 years in radio and TV, and that's their four rules. And he just rolled them off the tongue like they've – now, whether they've talked about them, they must have communicated them somehow, Sam – um, and I know this is something you're big on, let's get on the same page. Why does that matter? Why is that important? I know it seems obvious that the answer, but tell me why that matters. It matters to me because creativity is so subjective. Um, and when you're working in a team dynamic, you want to take some of the subjectivity out of it and think about what are the things that we all agree on? Like, what is the show we're trying to make every day? Yep. What is our point of difference? And it, it's amazing how when you do that, even with teams that have been working together for years, there was there's assumptions. Oh, I thought, do you really think that that's the show we're making? I thought I would have said that this is the show we're making. Or do you think that's the audience? I would have thought that this is the audience. So that process, you know, it really refines what is our point of difference? What is our identity? What are we trying to make every day? So, um, yeah, it kind of has two functions. It takes some of the the assumptions out of it and it also helps you focus in on what makes us special. Yeah. And when you can focus on what makes us special and, you you know, I just think all creativity um, is really problem solving, you know, like it's it's how you measure if an idea is good or not. And if you've never sat down and written like here's the sort of show we want to make every day. How do you measure whether it's good or not? Yeah, I guess I'm just always listening for like those great moments, always just listening for moments. I mean, do you know what? It's probably the greatest gift of radio is you've got to fill a lot of airtime. (laughs) So you're always listening for something that works. You know, when something works, your eyes light up and you're like, great, is there, how do we do more of that? Is there, a, is there a part two to that? Is there, who you know, is there a caller we could get on so that that becomes two breaks instead of one break? Like, you know, you, everything's, it's momentum, you know, and that's what's awesome about live radio is you feel when something's got momentum and you just sort of can strap in and ride it into the ground as well. As we often did. So, um, yeah, I think it's interesting, Kate. I've never really thought about it like that, but I think that's what it's born from, just, you know, 10,000 hours of sitting in a studio listening for something to work and then trying to figure out how you can do more of it. One of the Samisms that that I'm sure is still being used at SCA is this idea of not not having to have an answer, just asking good questions. How did that occur to you that that was something that was more valuable than having to solve a problem specifically for, for a show? Oh, look, I, I remember having that 
realization in uh, my first kind of proper job was as an assistant producer on a breakfast show with Matt Tilly and you know Matt had been number one for many years and he just he could just like literally the dude just could think of something funny for anything in two seconds so I didn't know I, I certainly wasn't going to be able to come in and each morning and go hey I've written five jokes you might like to use um <laughs> But I could ask questions that could steer us in the right direction. So I could sort of go, hey, you know, I know I had a whole whole group of friends were talking about this thing the other day and I wondered if dot, dot, dot. And, and, and just starting to learn the things that interested him, the ideas he liked, um, and that instead of there was no pressure on me to come up with a page of ideas, but I could influence the show by asking questions and and those questions you know would point us in the right direction and i think part of that is because a radio team is so collaborative most performers don't want to just get handed an idea they want to they want to come up with the idea but it's really helpful if you can steer them in the right direction with a well pointed question and a well-timed question I may have mentioned this to you before, Sammy. There's a famous improv a comedy pioneer from the 70s guy called Del Close who often talked about the concept of the third thought. Have you heard of the third thought as an idea? It's essentially what you've done. You. Yeah. yeah. So when, when you're on, so uh, from an improv perspective, when you're on stage, your first thought is knee-jerk. It's the first thing that comes into your head. Your second thought is usually okay, but it's not great. And then Del would encourage the actor to stay in the scene until they found their third thought. And the third thought became sort of the heightened move. And uh, when I heard that spoken about, I thought, wow, that's God, that's what we do with radio, what, what we often don't do with radio. We take the mm-hmm. first thought, oh, there's a phone topic in that. Let's put it up on the board. Great. That's one less thing we have to worry about. And, and the job of the programmer or the EP or anyone around the show is to go, right, is there more? And I, I know we've got a lot of uh, my Canadian friends um, and they'll tell you that, you know, is there anything else in that is the mantra for me um, with, with a lot of our um, the shows that I work with in Canada. It's just that concept of not having to ha- – I just felt – oh, that I had a reaction there to that content. I'm wondering whether we could do more with that and it's just as mm. simple as that and also being comfortable in, in the silence that tends to happen after that, particularly if you're in a team environment. So if you ask that question, if there's something else in that, and the room then goes, fuck, I hope he's not going to look at me because I don't have the answer. Um, and so how you kind of just gently move that along and keep the ball in the air is, is also a skill. But often you can move and you can maybe tell the story of how the, the, um, the chip um, idea moved from a phone topic to probably one of, you know, if you had a top five, it would be in the top five of Hamish and Andy promotions. How did you get from phone call to being on a boat with a gravy chip named after you? How did you get there? What a weird thing for people in Canada to hear. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, look, it, it, I mean, it's, it's just, we, we just love following the fun, you know, and, um, and it's, it becomes, through practice, you get good at knowing this is done. Let it leave it alone, and um, there's more in this. There's momentum. There's more ideas. People are getting involved. It, it's got a journey about it. But we absolutely, you know, back to what we we're talking about before. We often ask the question, "What else can we do with that?" That's felt really funny. There, there feels like there's more in that, and all and like. 
it's worth saying often the answer is no. Yep. Like often yep. you got to be comfortable with, nah, I don't, there's nothing, I'm not finding that funny anymore or um, I think that's done. And that certainly has happened with benchmarks, you know, like we'd have benchmarks and then sometimes it, someone needs the courage to say, I think we can give that one a spell. Yeah. Um, you know, and, but look, I guess, the, and that's the beauty again of radio is because the audience is this unknown entity that can turn a, an, an ordinary idea into something unexpected you've got just always got that trump card of being able to throw something out there and and sort of see what comes back and sometimes nothing comes back and you can move on yeah, yeah. sometimes the phones go nuts and you and you're like shit this is really connected i mean i can't think of a medium that has such a built-in um you know such a built-in barometer of what's good or not like you just can tell the phones are going nuts the calls are hilarious let's keep going i mean it's hard and that's the kind of that's the work isn't it how do you enroll people and don't expect that just because you want it it's going to happen like that's it's you got to enroll people and people don't have these sort of skills you know you don't expect that someone who's never had a, a respectful, challenging conversation is going to be able to do it just the same way I wouldn't expect someone who's never spoken Italian to be able to do it. Like yep. you've got to, you got to expect that this is going to take a while and we're going to be shit at it for a while. Um, but it, but maybe if we practice it and we get some benefit and we see it's worth putting some energy and effort into. But yeah, it is challenging. But I would just start with. Um, here's what's in it for us, not here's what's in it for me. Yeah. You know? Because it's interesting. I remember you talking about a, um, a friend of ours, uh, Jules Lund, and you, you described him as a uh, as a friend. He, he invests in relationships. He invests heavily in, in relationships. And I, I thought about that from a radio perspective because that's how my brain always works. Um, what's the radio version of that? And and from the radio version of that is that, that if you're in a regional radio market or a metro market, wherever you are, you have to invest in the relationship with your co-host. Not to be their friend, but you've got to invest in that relationship. And and sometimes, often, certainly in, in international markets now, there is no intermediary like yourself Sam that can host those sorts of meetings that is just two people that are producing their own shows I can show you plenty of shows around the world now that are the 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 people that make the content produce the content write the content p- prepare the content um, but I think there's there's um, value in that as well which is well we're in this together how, how can we help each other and wh- what do I need to do to help you reach your goals and, and so there's an individual component and how do we collectively get to where we want to go um, and and that, that investment and really seeing it as an investment. Oh, if that girl that I'm working with gets better as a performer, then suddenly I'm gonna it's gonna pay off for me at some point as well. Mm, totally. And you know, it's like a marriage, isn't it? You know, like there's no third person in the bed that's gonna help you have this difficult conversation yeah. um, and mediate it for you. But so you can choose to kind of be quietly resentful or. Um, try and communicate about something that's not working and i think that's all relationships from friendships to marriages to working partnerships like um so often the quality of our work and the, qu- that the quality of our life is how much we've invested in 
the relationships around us. Thanks so much to Sam Kavanagh. You can check out all of the video highlights of the event at the AustralianAudioSummit.com.au. We are back tomorrow with Ollie Wards. Radio Game Changers, the number one radio podcast in the world, is now a book. When she's talking, I'm not sitting here thinking, oh, I should say something funny. I'm genuinely listening to what she says. Nine insights from over 100 hours of conversations with the best radio presenters and programmers in the world. Fail. It's okay. People these days, they don't want to be bad at something. I've learned more from my mistakes than I still do now on the radio. Those are things that actually make you better. Radio Game Changers, the book. It's available now at Amazon. You're never certain. Mm. I think this has been a single day of my life where I've gone, I've got three spots tomorrow that I know will all be fighting for ten past eight or whatever. You've heard the podcast, now read the book. People would always come in to see Mark Malloy done and they think, oh, this is going to be hilarious. And there's just two guys sitting there with Spyrex notebooks reading things out like they're doing an old radio play. <laughs> radio Game Changers, written by Craig Bruce and Jay Mueller, a bad producer production.